0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is once again time for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast. We have a loaded show for you guys this week. Uh, We're going to talk a little NHL, uh, NFL, and a little golf as well. Introduce you to our Fantasy League, and we have a top five for you guys this week on top of all that. Uh, So it's going to be a great show. We're excited to get into it. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. Starting off in the NHL like we just talked about, uh, we just passed the halfway mark last week. Uh, We're a little bit past the 41 games. That'll get you halfway to 82. Uh, the all-star break will happen next week. Uh, we'll make sure we break down all that stuff for you next week as well. But this week, we just want to do a little midway check-in, who we think, how we feel about our, our respective teams, uh, and then look at some predictions, uh, you know, our, our past predictions, and looking ahead now that we're halfway. Uh, who do we think is going to win it all? Who do we think is going to take them some awards at the end of the year? So let's go ahead and get right into it. First and foremost, Nick, uh, we'll start with you. How do you feel about your team so far? Uh, and, and just discuss them a little bit. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure that I could probably speak for all Kraken
1: fans, uh, crackheads, if you will, uh, when I say that uh, this team's making me very happy. Um, You know, we, it's the second year of the franchise. So I I came into this with, um, I feel like I had high expectations, all things considered. I've seen us as a possible playoff team. Um, But we've exceeded even my higher expectations so far uh, from an impressive to say the very least, midseason eight-game win streak that included the seven-game away uh, win streak. We're seeing third in the Pacific right now with three games in hand to the second-place Kings and four in hand to the Golden uh, Knights. And if we win tonight, we're sitting back on top of the Pacific Division. Um, with all that being said, I would like to see some more consistency. You know, we kind of mentioned it briefly, talking back and forth before the show. Um, we have two seven-plus-game win streaks, and both of those win streaks are followed up by three-game losing streaks um we seem to play better on the road uh so i feel like if we can get the um the home ice advantage into seattle bring it to climate pledge arena i think that you know we could definitely be a scary team from the playoffs
0: yeah absolutely slade uh we know you don't watch much hockey but and your your blues aren't doing the greatest but how are you feeling
2: um i'm feeling down i'm feeling bad it's it's a rough start um I think I got to get the Jersey ordered. I think that that'll help turn things around for the team. Just a little bit of uh, money influx to the team and their economy going on there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that they definitely need to turn things around if they have any plans of uh, making a push into the playoffs at some point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still sticking with my guns that you should have just picked Dallas as your favorite team. Uh, as far as the penguins go. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with this team. It's been determined I can't watch their hockey games anymore Anytime I do. <laughs> they go down two goals, and then they storm back. And last night they won. Uh, I thought they were going to lose in overtime. Um, it, it's just very frustrating. I'm not happy with our front office right now. There's a lot of rumors going around. Uh, Hextall is going to be gone after the season. Apparently his job was in jeopardy You know, right around the midway point. Uh, and then we put two wins together, and the team's like, oh, it's okay. Uh, I don't think it's okay. Uh, Our defense is absolutely dog shit. Uh, Brian Dumoulin Dumoulin is like the biggest pylon I've ever seen on the ice. And then we have Jeff Carter, who finally played a really good game last night, and it was awesome to see. When he plays good, he is really, really good. Um, The problem is is that's the first time he's played well since, like, December. Uh, So it's not fun to watch. Um, Our our offense can go from scoring six, seven goals a night to scoring one or, or, you know, even three a week. Uh, and it's, it's really frustrating. There's just no consistency there. Uh, we can't keep our goaltender healthy. Jari came back. And then all of a sudden last night, right before, you know, warm-up started, oh, Jari's out for the game. And then nobody knew why. Uh, and now we find out today he's going to be out until the All-Star break or after the All-Star break, I should say. So it's very frustrating. Uh, we got Letang back last night, and that was a huge boost to the team. We saw how they rallied around him. Uh, he scores two goals. Uh, and that, that was awesome to see, including the overtime game winner, Um but, yeah, just, I'm, I'm just overall frustrated. Uh, but we play Washington here tomorrow, uh, well, uh, as this is released, uh, Thursday night. Um, so it's always fun to play your rival. Uh, so I'm excited to watch that game. Um, I see us. I, I hope we can still make the playoffs. There's been times where I questioned if we're going to even make the playoffs. I think Pittsburgh, we make the playoffs, but I think we lose first round. I, th- I think that's where we're headed to this year. Um, and then we'll see what changes are made after the offseason. If we get a new GM, if they're finally going to fucking invest in defense, I would be more than happy to see that. Uh, But we shall wait and see. Uh, Let's go ahead. uh, Let's do some updated predictions. Um, I don't think anybody has anything to say about how – or contrary to say about how good Boston has been. Uh, Only nine total losses on the season so far. Um, Just absolutely ridiculous. They're the fastest team to ever reach 80 points in NHL history. Um, With that aside – uh, who are we picking to win the Eastern Western conference and then your Stanley cup pick as well. So you'll get me. Them-
2: yeah. So I, I'm definitely going to go with Boston on this one. Um, them and Carolina seem to be the two best teams right now. And they had a head to head win over Carolina earlier in the season. It was an overtime, but I think they play again this Friday or Saturday. I don't know what the exact date is on that, but, uh, they play again. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that Boston's just on a tear this season. It's going to be hard to uh, to kind of stop them. I kind of equate their team right now just based on their record and points and such to the Golden State Warriors during their second run of their team. Um, and then, like you had said, um, unfortunately, the team I did not pick, Dallas Stars, just tearing it up on the other side. Um, them, Vegas, and the Winnipeg Jets. All seem very good, but I think that it's going to come back to bite me, and I think it's going to end up being Dallas versus <laughs> Boston. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick, your thoughts,
0: your pick? Yeah,
1: so um, at, at this point in the season, I don't think that anybody could feel comfortable saying anybody other than Boston representing the East um, in, in the finals. Uh, and, and to me, as someone whose team is in the West, who watches the West the most, um, it's really a tight race. I think Vegas could be uh, up there. Obviously, they're sitting up top right now. The Jets are another team to watch out for. Um, and, and obviously, Seattle, like I said, sitting up there in the top three. I think any of those three teams could honestly represent um, the, the Western Conference in the finals. Uh, as far as if I'm making a pick, I guess since I think all three are close enough, I'm just going to go ahead and go with my team. Seems seems like the right thing to do, but again, um, I'd like to see some more consistency before I can really put my stamp on that. Um, but we have seen Vegas, you know, Vegas hopped out on top of the Western conference early. And we thought that they were going to kind of going to um, stick with Boston, you know, or stick. Yeah. Stick with Boston as far as points go and everything like that, but they've kind of fallen apart shown. I don't want to say fallen apart, but they've shown some weaknesses that people have taken advantage of. Um, So I think that the Western conference is absolutely wide open.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, Kind of agree. I agree. Uh, Boston is absolutely playing elite hockey right now. Uh, Again, first to 80 points or fastest ever to 80 points. Um, I just, I don't think that this pace is sustainable for an entire season and they've, they've continued to prove everybody wrong. Everybody keeps saying, well, sooner or later they're going to, they're going to fall flat in their face. I'm not saying that they're just going to completely, you know, crumble and fall apart and then, you know, end up missing the playoffs or anything like that. I think the race in the East does tighten up as the season goes on here. Uh, I mean, if, if they manage to dodge the, the injury bullet and they can completely stay healthy the rest of the season, maybe that doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, as, being a hockey fan for as long as I have, it always happens. It doesn't matter. And it might be somebody, you know, minuscule that doesn't really matter to the team. Okay, then you, they're going to be fine. Uh, I think this year's playoffs are going to be absolutely insane. You have this red-hot Boston team coming in, but you also have all these other teams fighting tooth and nail to stay out of the wild card. Uh, if you look at the Metro Division – The Penguins are one of those teams fighting to to stay in the wildcard hunt. Uh, We have 56 points right now. The Rangers have 59. Washington is 56, and the Islanders have 51. So it's a a tight race there. And then you go back up to the Atlantic Division. Tampa Bay is 61, Buffalo 53, and Florida 52. Uh, So a lot of really good teams all hanging around right there. Um, And then once we get to playoffs and you get to that seven-game series, anything can happen. I, I, I have seen multiple Tampa Bay teams, and not just Tampa Bay, but they're the most recent one. Lose first round when they're the number one overall seed. They're the President's Trophies winners. Um, So, I mean, the playoffs are wild. For now, I would definitely still pick Boston. I'm I'm not going to go against that. Um, But I'm I'm just saying, I'm not. Things can definitely tighten up in a heartbeat in the East. Uh, As far as who I think is going to win the West, I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Uh, They're they're a deep veteran team right now. Uh, They have more playoff experience than a Vegas or Seattle if they were to get to that situation. Um, again, I think Vegas, we've seen it the past few years. I, I'm i thinking they're still going to fall apart, but we'll, we shall wait and see. Uh, so I'm going to go with Dallas versus uh, Boston in, in the Stanley Cup Finals right now is my prediction. Um, last little check-in we have here with the NHL uh, is who we think is going to take home some awards at the end of the season. Uh, the first up, who do we think is going to win the Vezina Trophy? That is the best goalie award. Uh, Nick, we'll go to you first. Yeah, so um,
1: I, probably not... Varying much more than anybody else who would say this right now. But I, I think that uh, and I believe it's Linus Allmark. Am I pronouncing that? Okay. Yep. I was pretty confident on the Linus. I wasn't sure if there was a trick to the Allmark. Um, I couldn't remember actually hearing his name out loud. But uh leads the league in goals saved above expected with 21 and a half. Um again, he's on the winningest team in the NHL right now. Uh I'm not sure what his win number is, but I know it's it's high. Um and, and I just think that while I'm sure the help around him and the success of the team around him helped him be a more successful goalie, you can't argue with again that 21 and a half goals above expected, um, and, and that could be a huge difference between, you know, them only having nine losses and maybe them having 19 losses. So uh, as of right now, he's my best net winner.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to add more stats, what you said, uh, he leads the league in uh, goals allowed average at 1.82, uh, save percentage at 0.938. And he has the most wins at 25. Uh, so he's my pick as well, uh, unless he has a spectacular collapse in the second half of the year, or if, unfortunately, he gets hurt, which I don't want to see. Um, but it, I think it's his award to lose at this point. Uh, Slade, anything different?
2: Yeah, you already know who I'm picking. Let's I'm not I don't know how to say his last name,
0: but it's Jake yes, you know.
2: Edinger. Ottinger. Ottinger. <laughs> <laughs> Close he loves anyway it, he loves you it. You he's you know he's, what? Uh, don't even buy the St. Louis jersey <laughs> just yeah, buy I know, the Dallas I, I should just switch it up it's, right now it's it's early it's, it's early right. it's I've early only in. talked about it on like four episodes we just <laughs> delete them <laughs> I, it's like it's like that
1: person that's crying for help like writing songs and stuff that's Slade right now he's just like but here's the allow me. Thing.
2: here's the thing now this might be a dumb question mm-hmm. but do the goalie jerseys come like size for a goalie person or do they sell them all the same size
0: yeah yeah they'll, they'll come like a normal season. okay okay
2: because i don't want to be getting like a that's an honest question three triple wide triple wide <laughs> jersey. you know like he gets a medium gonna, and it could fit obviously tater, i'm like. not ordering like a game worn jersey because that shit would be massive but
0: yeah. i mean any stats to back it up or you're just going with odd
2: yeah i mean he's he's uh second in the league in saves tied uh second in shootouts and uh I guess the save percentage is 0.925. He's 21, seven and five, which is tied for fourth. Um, and he plays tonight against Carolina. So he's going up against a really good team. So we'll get to see how that shakes out for him.
0: Yeah. definitely. Uh, I'm trying to look here and see if it's, I know they still have one game at least, but that's in Dallas. I need to see if they play in, uh, in Pittsburgh <laughs> at all. All right. Uh, next award up uh, at the halfway point is to the best defenseman. This is the Norris trophy. Uh, I'm, I have a little bit of a surprising pick. I'll go first. I'm going with Eric Carlson. Uh, he's had a, had a huge bounce back here. He's had 64 points right now, which is actually 7th uh, in all of the NHL, and I believe he's sitting third in or 2nd or 3rd in assists. Um, the, the only kind of knock against him is his plus minus is minus 5 right now. Uh, but at the same time, I, he's playing on one of the worst teams in the NHL. Uh, I shouldn't say one of the worst. There's way worse, but um, he, he's not playing on the best team right now. Uh, San Jose sits seventh in the uh, standings over in the Western Conference. So I, I, he could definitely be on a better team. But I, I think that he, and they have a minus 40 goal differential. I will say that as well. But uh, I think he's doing his best on an absolutely terrible team. Uh, so I'm going to give him the award. Uh, Slay, we'll go to you first. Your thoughts on who's going to win the Norris Trophy?
2: Um, I, I don't really know. So I was just going to agree with you. <laughs> Okay, good call.
1: Um, uh, Nick, what do you got? Yeah, well, to be fair, uh, I am also agreeing with you here, um, and pretty much for the same reason. I, I think that there's a, a couple names that you could definitely throw around here, but I think that Carlson has really done the most with the least amount of help compared to you know everybody else around him. Like I think of some other names, Kyle uh, McCarr. I, I, I think that he has better help around him, um, whereas, like you said, Carlson is just on a – I don't want to say crappy team, but a lower-level – not necessarily a play- or a playoff competitor team um, and, and really doesn't have, you know, the, the stats that he puts out, I, I think, are more relevant to his work and, you know, the effort that he brings on the ice as, you know, he earns every stat he gets, basically.
0: All right, moving on. Next, uh, before actually moving on, I just wanted to talk about Carter. The only reason I didn't put him on my car there, uh, his production was definitely a little bit down this year, and also he's hurt right now. I don't think there's any real timetable when he's going to be back and playing 100%. Uh, and uh, I mean, we know from all of the other sports that we watch, that's always a huge knock against these guys. Um, next, the word up is who do you think is going to have the most goals? Um, I, th- I think we're all going to agree. It's going to be Conor McDavid again. He's leading the league right now with 40 goals. I think the next closest guy is like 30. Uh, yeah. So here he has a huge lead. Every time we turn on the TV, uh, he's putting up another high- highlight, real goal. Um, and then as far as points of the, the Art Ross Trophy, uh, I went with McDavid again. Again, 88 points, leading the league. Um, he's willing his team to make 73 Bears, so. or something, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, that'll wrap up. Wait, wait, uh, I'm going
2: to go, I'm gonna go oh, okay. with a different guy,
0: David okay. Pasternak,
1: who's Pasternak. only yeah. three
2: or four goals behind Connor McDavid. Yeah.
0: That's fair.
2: He's got yeah. 37. He's in second. I say, He definitely has a better chance of getting
1: more goals than he does more points right now.
0: Yeah, It's <laughs> yeah. not a bad right. choice. That's not bad. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, moving on, it's time to go back and wrap up the divisional round uh, for uh, NFL this past weekend, NFL playoffs, uh, and also give you our predictions for conference championship weekend. Uh, so first game up we had uh, it was kind of a shocker. I'm skipping Saturday. We got to go straight to Sunday and talk about this. We thought it was going to be game of the weekend. Uh, it was nowhere near anywhere close to that uh, Bengals going, excuse me, Bengals going to Buffalo, we just steamrolled them the entire game. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah. um, I, This game really told me two things. One, Joe Burrow. It, it, this is a, my opinion thing. One, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. And two, Josh Allen is overrated. And that means a lot coming from me. I've been on the Josh Allen bandwagon since the bills were talking about possibly trading him. Um, But it just it's it's come up in the last, what, three, four years now, three years. The Bills have a team that everybody thinks could make it to the Super Bowl. Um, And and whether it's in the conference championship or the divisional round, whatever it may be, they just fall short. And well, I don't necessarily think that all of that is on Allen. I think they could have a better run game. Um, it, It just to me. It looks a lot like the the Chargers situation. We keep seeing these teams that have a lot of, you know, high hopes and a lot of uh, aspirations for their seasons, and they just don't quite reach them. Um, and, and whether it's, again, whether it's on the Bills, whether it's on Allen, whether it's on whoever, um, it, quite simply, they got outmatched. I mean, uh, the score, the final score itself, Seemed a lot closer than what the game was. If you watch that game, especially that first half, it to me it looked like a, a forty-five to nothing game. The Bills were lucky to even be sniffing, you know, a, a possible win come the end of that game. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it.
0: Slide any thoughts from you?
2: Yeah, so I think that since he beat the Bills handily, like you had said, and uh, it just showed that, like Nick said, Burrow is uh, definitely better than. Josh Allen, I mean, I think it was, was it two years ago when Allen was hurt? When he had knee injury? Or is that three? Might have been three, I think. But I feel like that was the season that they were talking about how it was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were going to be the two great young quarterbacks coming up and everything. And Burrow was kind of left out of the conversation at that time. I think mostly because he wasn't able to play at the time and was injured. But oh, do you
0: mean I, Burrow's injury was two years
2: ago? Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but, um, what did I say, Alan? Yeah, you said yeah. Alan. I was like,
0: wait, you're just... sorry. That's anyway, okay.
2: um, I'm pretty sure but, I didn't even pick up yeah, on saying Alan. Just either. to see, just to see that Alan. I mean, I think that they said he has like the highest turnover rate or tied because he has the same amount of interceptions for the season as Dak Prescott, um, which doesn't say much because Prescott thoughts, which I'll talk about during that game. But uh, yeah, I just think that it, it was it was tough to see, and then the digs issue, um not getting the ball and then just it was just awkward to watch the interview of josh allen afterwards where they asked him about the uh inter interaction with with kind of like putting his arms up and just staring at him on the sidelines and and he had just said that digs is upset that he didn't get the ball and that they should have gotten the ball more and it's like i don't know what you're waiting for like especially if you like throw interceptions you might as well be throwing them while you're throwing Diggs. like
1: yeah at least give them a chance and, like I understand that you know uh somebody had mentioned to me like the wide receiving cores are obviously insanely different. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in the world that would ch- take um Diggs and Davis over uh chase Higgins that Boyd uh, honestly from Higgins top out here putting
2: people in hospitals,
1: yeah, yeah, like without even hesitating, and no. you know i I do understand that to a point, but i I think that um. Again, you know, I, I did see a TikTok where the I believe it was the GM of the Bills was talking about, oh, well, you know, the Bengals have it easy because they got these guys on rookie contracts and we're paying Josh Allen this and we're paying Diggs this like that's the NFL. And if you can't get past that to build a Super Bowl winning team, then you're never going to, you know, at that point, you're just waiting for the right stroke of luck. And that's not a good way to go about things in the professional sports world.
2: Wait, 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 repeat that part again. Sorry. Because I think that I remember seeing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, I believe I'd seen it on TikTok. I think it was the GM of the Bills. But um, somebody had asked him about, you know, the basically the wide receiver groups. And he said, oh, well, you know, they have Burrow on a rookie deal and they have Chase on a rookie deal. And we have, we're paying Allen, you know, this much, a whole boatload and paying Diggs a whole boatload. So
2: that same thing was said by Micah Parsons. And it was a dig at Dak Prescott making $33 million or whatever yeah. it is. Because he had said that the four teams in the final four here in the champion in the conference championships uh, have quarterbacks on their rookie contracts and that they're able to push their money elsewhere on the team to get wide receivers, linemen, defensive ends, stuff like that. Whereas he's, he's he's on a team where the quarterback's being paid thirty-three million dollars. I mean, yeah. but the Chiefs. I mean, other than Mahomes, obviously, because Mahomes is on his half a billion-dollar deal.
0: Yeah. um, Here's my thoughts on that game real quick. Um, Again, I, I do agree. Josh Allen is a little bit overrated. I, I, a lot of people made him out to be the second coming of Jesus. Um, He has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We saw it this year, the first few games, he was really showing that potential. Uh, and then he started to play hero ball. And we, we saw multiple quarterbacks do that this year. Aaron Rodgers did it especially as well. Uh, and it Buffalo got away with it because they could handle it in their division. They were beating all their divisional opponents. Miami really fell apart when Tua got hurt, and they had no consistency at quarterback. When Josh Allen was going out there and just doing whatever he wanted to win these games, he was turning the ball over a lot, but they were able to still win games, and there was nothing wrong with it until they got to the playoffs. Miami hung around when they shouldn't have, uh, and then he made a lot of costly turnovers. I will also say Buffalo – has not had a run game the past few years. And I don't understand what they see about that. That doesn't raise alarms. Uh, there, was, there was no play action. Their, their run offense is if Devin Singletary gets two yards, Josh Allen will get five yards, and then we'll throw the ball. Um, that's not a proper way or an effective way to run an offense. I would say that's definitely a huge issue. You made the joke on uh, Sunday about you know they need a young safety. But in all honesty, their secondary is horrible. Uh, Jordan Poirier is super overrated uh, in my eyes. They don't really have any good cornerbacks. So I would invest heavily in the secondary this year. Uh, There's going to be a lot of really good running backs in the free agency market. I would go get one. Uh, I think Josh Allen would be more than willing to take a pay cut uh, to to get to a Super Bowl. Uh, You know, he's got to deal with this letdown. I would even – I I think it's on the table now too to trade Stephon Diggs for a first-round pick. I I think a team would be willing to do that, and I, I think that absolutely happens. Uh, call the Bears. I would love to have Stefan Diggs on the fucking Bears. I
2: no, care. we can't waste his talent for four years. <laughs> yes, he can. He, he's yeah, done it the last for, four years. He's done it the last Adams. four years. <laughs> and they will need Allen to take a pay cut for them to get a young safety because the one that was injured is still going to be on the, the payroll Yeah, it's, due it's to so the bad. Bills doing their good deed. The same thing the Steelers did with Shazier, um, yeah. keeping him on so he can keep the insurance and get the help that he needs to... to stay healthy
0: (laughs) uh let's go ahead let's look at some other games uh i think it was a surprise on how close and competitive the game actually was uh but jacksonville's dream season ends uh, with a 27 20 loss i definitely had concerns about kansas city we saw my homes go down and uh, he's been walking around the past few days at the facility no ankle brace or anything on so that's good news for kansas city fans as well um we'll go to you first your thoughts on this game
2: yeah, so the Jags made it close, closer than what anyone, I think, wanted it to be. Uh, I forget what the... I mean, they, they had a chance <laughs> to
0: tie it at the end there.
2: Uh-huh. Right, right. I mean, at one point, it was 17-20. Um, definitely, that was at the same time that Mahomes is wincing while dropping back on his ankle. And for some reason, he was not just throwing it out of bounds when he was getting close to getting sacked. He's, like, trying to run out of the pocket with it. I have no idea what what the thought process is there. Um I think the saving grace for them this upcoming week is that they get to play at home. He doesn't have to take a day to be on the plane to go out and what whatnot, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that it's it's going to be a rough upcoming week for the Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I'll
0: Yeah. just say it real quick before we go to Nick. Again, it's hero ball. I, I don't know what's got into a lot of these quarterbacks this year and why they're not trusting their systems and and trying to do everything themselves. Uh, But, yeah, he took a lot of unnecessary abuse there and and a lot of bad decisions with the ball. Uh, But, I mean, shout-out Chad Henney, uh, the the great Michigan quarterback coming in and saving the day. Um, But, uh, yeah, and, and, I mean, kudos to Jackson. But, like I said, if it isn't for two costly Lawrence mistakes, uh, I mean, they're absolutely still in that fight. Uh, Who knows, maybe that game goes over time. And whenever that happens, usually bad things happen to road teams at Kansas City, but uh, you you never know. But it it was very cool to see Jacksonville come so far this year when a lot of people didn't think they would um, and prove a lot of people wrong. I think they're going to be running the AFC South for years to come. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be in the decline here. Indianapolis, I I don't know what's going on there. I don't don't even know how to address that. Uh, And it's going to take a four or five years to get Houston to a position where they're, they're challenging, you know, even for a wild card spot, I would say. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on this game?
1: Yeah. So like I said, about the other game that we talked about, uh, this game showed me something about quarterbacks. Uh, so I already said that I thought Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes is the second. And I think that this game showed me that uh, injured Patrick Mahomes is still in the top five. Um, I, I do think that he was taking too much abuse. He should have been a little smarter, um, but he was still, Doing what he needed to do to get the team to win. Um, a hell of an effort by the Jaguars. I honestly thought, especially like you said, once Mahomes went out and even when he came back limping, I thought this is the opportunity the Jags need. Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday in his life. Here it comes. Um, but, you know, it didn't end up working out for him. That's all right. I hate um, those
2: stats to begin with. I know,
1: right? Like, Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday at 4 p.m. when it was 60 degrees. Like, come on now. But anyway. Yeah, it it was definitely a great game to watch. I was, you know, excited to, you know, be able to witness that. I again, I really thought the Jags had a chance. Um, And yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be scary to come. And if they're scary in years to come, sorry, they they might be a little scary to come too. I don't know. That's that's their business. But (laughs) um, but no, if I'm the Chiefs, I I think I would have rather played the Bills. In all honesty, I think the Bengals are just looking too good right now, Um, especially you know with Patrick not being a hundred percent that Bengals D line is going to put some work in. Um, it's it's going to be
0: interesting next week. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say about this game uh, other than the fact that Philly looked really good on Saturday night. Uh, I, I think they came in, they've heard the talk for weeks, you know, Hey, the giants have looked really good the last few weeks. Uh, they've rested their starters against you. The last time you guys have been struggling uh, and we saw how well they handled going on the road. Uh, to Minnesota. I think Philly was tired of hearing it. They, they're they ready to prove that they're Super Bowl contenders. They came out, they just punched uh, New York in the mouth. Four straight quarters, they did not let up at all. A uh, huge win for them. Nick, your, your thoughts first on that game.
1: Yeah, so uh, I was one of those people that, um, you know, had some faith in New York and, and thought that, I didn't think New York would win, but I thought that New York would cover, make it a good game, whatever. Um, but as, as I look back on this, uh, this win for the Eagles is no more impressive than the Dallas beating Tampa Bay in my eyes. Um, they beat New York twice in the regular season. Um, one of those games wasn't close, and they had plenty of rest. Again, New York just had to fly to Minnesota, play a game, and then you know, obviously the flight to Philly's a whole lot faster. But nonetheless, go into Philly against a rested Philly. Um, I, I, I didn't see. I, I should have known that it wasn't going to end up that well. Uh, but again. Not that impressive, especially, like, comparing it to that Dallas-Tampa Bay game. Dallas whooped up on Tampa Bay. Everybody said, oh, you know, they're going to end up beating San Fran. And honestly, that San Francisco game shouldn't have been as close as it was. San Fran should have ran away with that. Uh, Dallas definitely got a few good breaks their way. You know, and pressuring a rookie quarterback, obviously, is going to help you out. But um, it's just the way, you know, the way it is. I think Philly's going to have a rude awakening coming this weekend. I I think it's still going to be a great game. Nonetheless, uh, but they're going to need to pressure uh, Brock Purdy if they want any sort of um, success in that game. Because just being in Philly and thinking, oh, well, we just whooped up on the Giants. This ain't the Giants coming in. This ain't Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Darius fucking Slayton. This is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel, CMC. Like, And that's just on the offensive side. Uh, so they better be coming in with respect.
0: Clever. Yeah. Uh- uh, <laughs> That's that, that silly game. We, Nick and I turned off at halftime. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was that bad. We knew it wasn't going to get any better. Uh, Slade, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the Eagles showed that they were the top dog. Um, we we saw early on in the season they started running the table and, and getting a really good offensive showing each and every week. Um, and, and we just saw them firing on all cylinders this past weekend. Uh, the fact that you said they didn't let up I mean I mean I guess they let up in the third quarter because they didn't score it all in that quarter but but um I, I mean it's just it's gonna be interesting to see how this works out uh, this upcoming week but like you you both had said um, they they definitely showed that they, they quieted the people that were hating on them and saying that oh the person that gets the buy usually comes out sluggish they quieted the people that said oh like you had said George. New York rested their starters against you last time. Like I I think they went out there and they just ground and pound football for the entire game.
0: Yeah. Um, moving on to, I I think a game that we have a lot to say about, uh, Dallas and San Fran. This is a Sunday night cap in the divisional round. Dallas had their chances Uh, again, Nick, like you said, I think San Francisco really played down to their opponent. If I'm being honest, um, but Dallas still had their chances. Dak Prescott, throws two costly interceptions. They get a kickoff return uh, that should have been for a touchdown, um, you know, broken up at the last minute. Uh, here we are again with Dallas. Uh, I don't think they've won a divisional game since 1990s. Uh, just, I think, well, first of all, I, I can't stand Dallas fans. First of all,
2: one, I know it's all
0: stage. But two, why the fuck are you breaking televisions? Like, it, it just doesn't. If Uncle I want to become a millionaire, over. If, if I want to become a millionaire, I'm moving to Dallas, and every year when it comes NFL oh, yeah. playoff time, I'm running a TV store, and I'm just. How do you think Mack, mattress Matt mattress <laughs> makes all
2: this fucking money?
0: He's yeah. in Houston. He does mattresses. That's different. Um, no, he
2: does everything. Haven't you seen his store? He's have, got like a so. kitchen and all. Kinds you don't. You don't talk
0: about that sack of shit. I'm glad he lost all the money, but I'm sure he probably <laughs> put the same amount of money in the 49ers. Um. But yeah. Anyway, it just. I, I don't know what else to say. I think it's it, everybody else is saying it. It's time to move on from Dak. I never thought he was that great to begin with. Again, kind of like Josh Allen, but not as good. Uh, he can show flashes of, of how good he can be as a quarterback and really lead a team. Um, and then he gets in these high pressure situations. He's he, he's a Black Kirk Cousins, uh, half Black Kirk Cousins, uh, and it, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, don't, don't, don't give me that. Yeah, uh, the PR true.
1: department got a little worried
0: there, but yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but yeah, I, I he, he is severely overrated. That defense is what kept them in this game. They have one of the best defenses in the league, um, but their offensive line needs improvement. Zeke just disappearing uh, at the worst times of the entire season. Um, literally getting swallowed by three guys. I heard that he. I
1: heard that he uses that dark visor, so he can't see how bad his stats are.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, he got swallowed by three guys on last play. Last thing I'm going to say about this game is. I, I pray I'm never as stupid as uh, whoever lives in Texas and draws up these last-minute plays. Um, just, dear God, it is horrible football to watch. Any time a Texas team, and again, uh, I I cut slates some slack. I didn't go look through you know the Texas Longhorns or Texas Tech or anything like that. Um, just terrible last-minute plays. But TCU, Texas A&M, and, and Dallas all ahead. I don't know what they're drinking. I don't know what's in the water in Texas that just causes – them in the last minute to just lose all sense of, of common sense and composure but it's 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 hard to watch um I'm done rambling uh say your thoughts on this game
2: yeah so I think we saw firsthand that Dak is the problem with Dallas um I mean 49ers basically tried to hand them the damn game like you said the 49ers played down to the Cowboys I mean obviously they had injuries from McCaffrey, um, what was that like midway through the game or something like that? I think he only had like 10, 10 attempts or 10 carries or whatever, but um, just, just say that. I mean, a week after Stephen A. Smith says that says to Dak Prescott's dad, his kid's going to throw two interceptions. It's just a week late. He throws him the next week. Uh, <laughs> just, just ridiculous. I mean, I have not liked Dak since he came into the league. I think that I like Jameis Winston more than him. And that's hard to say. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it, it was a very defensive game, I would, I guess I would say. But I mean, Purdy still threw like, I think he threw 30, 30 passes, 19 completions. Um, it, it was just a tough game to watch. I think of the four games, this was the worst game to be Sunday night. I think this would have been better for like Saturday morning just to ease your way into the weekend of football. Then you right. get the Bills' Bengals, and then you follow it up with the two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the two games that were like, even though the the Eagles blew out the Giants, it was still a better game. Uh yeah. But yeah, that that's my thoughts on on that game.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, Nick, I'll let, i let you go before I my my last words. And then... Yeah. Uh. So first
1: of all, um, like you said, I, I think that everybody is finally, at least everybody that hasn't already, is finally coming to the realization that that's the problem. Um. I think Ezekiel Elliott is also part of the problem. Um, I think Jerry, Jerry Jones is a huge part of the problem. I think that Jerry Jones sees Dak and Zeke, in that uh, year they put up when they were both rookies. Uh, I believe it was 2016, if I remember correctly. Um, and he has like grasped onto that and thought, "Yeah, this is the team. You know, these are the two players I can build around and build a you know Super Bowl winning team." And next thing you know, you have a literal last round or last pick overall in the draft who now has, in his rookie season, now has as many playoff wins as your previous two quarterbacks. Um, uh, something's got to give here. Uh, I think that Dallas is filled with, especially in Jerry Jones' mind, some of the most overrated players in the NFL. Uh, ask a Dallas Cowboys fan about Trayvon Diggs. They'll swear that he's the best corner in the league. Let's be honest here. The only people saying that is Cowboys fans. Um, the man had a game-changing pick in his hands and dropped it. It literally fell in his breadbasket. He just dropped it. He didn't want nothing to do with it. Um, I, I think that if I'm Dallas, I think to some extent you take Micah Parsons and keep Tony Pollard because I think Pollard is the better back there. I think that he can do stuff with you and maybe a, a couple pieces in your O line and you just scrap the rest of it. Uh, I, I know people like CD Lamb. I said at the beginning of the seat at the beginning of the season that CD Lamb was not going to be good enough to carry the passing offense on this team and he hasn't uh obviously he's looked good he's put up stats but when you're the best receiver on a team uh, it, that's bound to happen I, I think that that is uh, uh half black Kirk Cousins is probably the best thing I've ever heard anybody say to describe him because his ceiling is great when you look at his ceiling he has the ceiling of being a top five quarterback in the NFL but his floor his floor is bottom five in the NFL and and you're not going to win Super Bowls with a quarterback like that. And as long as Jerry Jones continues to grasp on to this, this viewpoint that he has of, oh, these two guys are going to lead me, they're going to continue to make the playoffs and fall short.
0: Yeah. Uh, just the last thing I want to say about Dak Prescott before we move on. Um, and maybe Slate does disagree with it, but I hate people uh, who, who go after Dak Prescott and are like, well, how, how can you hate this man? Look at all the good he does in the community. I don't give a shit if Mother Teresa plays for the Bears. And, and, you know, God rest her soul. But if she sucks at football, I don't like her. I don't care. And thank you for everything you did for the community. And, and you are a great person outside of football. When I am watching but, football, you need to be good at yeah. football. At I, I the don't end of the day, that's your outside. job. Your job isn't uh, giving like homeless like, kids food. Like The, the last few years, I, I love J.J. Watt. He's a great person. But you could see his decline. And I was like, yeah, yeah, he's not that good. And and I'm not afraid to go out and say, yeah, J.J. Watt hasn't been good the last few years in his career. Has nothing to do with the kind of person he is and, and the great yeah. work he does. And that's why I, I can't. The Dallas fans are like, oh, how can you hate this man? Look, look how the... because he sucks. I could throw a better football. Because than Your that team is paying can... the
2: person thirty three million dollars to force you to not make it deep into the playoffs. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. If you want somebody to do that person, for a, a
2: million dollars, call me. I will come do it. The person, but the thing is, is that these guys. Uh, I mean, they're all doing work for the community, but it's all a tax write-off for them. So whoever Jerry Jones pays $30 million to be the quarterback after Dak Prescott is going to take a portion of that money and give it to the community for his tax yeah. write-off. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I, I'm I not saying that, that's not what I'm glad, do. I'm glad you brought up J.J. Watt because I think Micah Parsons is going to be J.J. Watt. I think he's going to be really great at his position, but he's going to be on the wrong team his entire career.
0: I, th- I think that's T.J. Watt. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... I... Again, like you said, maybe it is for the tax write-off, but hey, at least they're doing something good for a tax write-off. I mean, there's worse things to do for tax write-offs uh, <clears throat> looking at you Fortune 500 companies. Uh, before we move on to golf, uh, your picks for this weekend, Nick, we already know you're going with the 49ers. Uh, who's your AFC pick? Uh, Bengals. All right. Slate. who do you got?
2: Yeah, so I kind of had some stuff written down here. Uh, I picked the Eagles. Love it. Sorry. Slade's finally prepared. Sorry, Sorry. I picked the Eagles because Devo Samuel – Samuels yeah sorry Debo Samuels and then both running backs Mitchell and McCaffrey sat out practice today uh both the running backs haven't practiced at all this week Samuel sat out of practice today he did put his jersey on to answer like media questions and stuff like that but the fact that three of the best who he was well yeah exactly (laughs) but the fact that the fact that three other star players that they would need for this upcoming weekend sat out of practice not just because they wanted to rest them but because they were injured in in the game last week. Uh, and it doesn't sit right with me, and I'm not going to bet for him. I mean, I would love to see the 49ers go over the Eagles because fuck Philly, but I I think that I got to go with Philly. Um, And then uh, also I, I just think that Purdy has not had that horrible game yet. So I think that we have to see it at some point, and it's either this weekend or the Super Bowl. So I'm saying it's this weekend. Uh, then... To the AFC, um, I think the fact that Patrick Mahomes got hurt this past week, I think they're downplaying how his ankle is at this point. He hasn't practiced all week. That's obvious. That wasn't going to happen. I think it does help him that the game is in Kansas City because he doesn't have to get on a plane, take away from any of his uh, rehab stuff. Um, but I think that the fact that the Bengals got the win against the Bills last week with three uh, backup offensive linemen, I mean, Josh Buria. Joe Burrows threw the ball like 40 times last week. And that was with three dudes that he didn't know if they were going to be able to keep the guy in front of him. The one guy could not. He's just getting in Burrows face every single play. <laughs> but, uh, but aside from that, I think that they're getting one of them back this week. The other one's questionable. So I think that it's going to be a Bengals versus Eagles. Um, Super Bowl, which is going to be crazy because it's two North teams uh, kind of close. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. Uh, again, they beat—I uh, almost said Cincinnati—they beat Kansas City in Kansas City last year, and uh, one of the best games I, I've seen in—I in, wouldn't say recent memory—but um, I, I think the way that the Bengals have been able to do so much with so little on that offensive line, they invested heavily in it last year, and they came out in the first three games—they were leading the league in sacks. I be, actually—I I believe they led the league in sacks the entire season. Um, and then they go to the playoffs and then Baltimore just sacks the shit out of them the entire first game. Um, and then they still find a way to win. They go to Buffalo who's supposed to have this really good defensive front and they actually held them pretty well throughout the game. And, you know, they, they win a huge game, 27, 10. Um, I think they they have enough fire in that team, uh, to win the AFC On the NFC side. I'm in the same boat as slate. I would love to pick the 49ers and, and say that they will, um, I think Brock Purdy's time is up, though. Even if they get McCaffrey and Mitchell and Debo to all play, and I think they will, uh, they're not going to sit out this point in the season. Um, I'm not saying Purdy's going to come out and throw, like, six picks or anything like that. He just hasn't – there's been a few games where he has been really special, but a lot of the time he's just kind of meh and and a little mediocre, and I think that's what's going to show this weekend. You can't have that kind of performance in, in an NFC Championship game on the road in a place like Philly. Again, I would love to sit here and pick the 49ers and say that they're going to win. I just think that, you know, Cinderella's shoe is finally going to fall off it and break. Uh, And I think it's over for Purdy. But again, no hate to him. I I think going into the next season, the 49ers are in a dream situation. Uh, Trey Lance is going to be back healthy. And then you know you have a really good backup in Brock Purdy or however you want to flip that situation after camp. Um, uh, The 49ers have have it made the next few years at, at the quarterback position
2: quick thing um the, the another reason why I think that Purdy is just this this week is gonna be really rough for him is because of both running if it was just one running back that had had the slight injury even if it's just like a quad bruise or something like that I would be like okay you know what but but the fact that both of them had an injury to where they, they need to sit out a couple of practices this week they're gonna have to lean on Purdy more than what they want to. I mean, this past week they said Kyle Shanahan said, you know, we've we've rode with Purdy here these last couple of weeks, let him pass the ball when when we didn't necessarily need to, but this week we're just going to run the ball, and that's what they did this past week was basically just run the ball. I mean, he he had 19 completions, so, uh, but they did it at a cost, and both running backs got hurt, so I think they're going to have to heavily lean on him this week, and and I mean, I hope for him that it comes up good, but I hope for my bet it doesn't.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, Nick. You have anything else to add? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, it is time to finally talk some PGA. Uh, The Farmers Insurance Open kickoff today. Uh, Again, we are recording on Wednesday. Uh, A lot of big words for Emma tonight. Um, But with the Farmers Insurance Open comes our Golf Fantasy League. Now, I understand there's a lot of Golf Fantasy Leagues out there, but this is our own personal one that we run. Uh, One friend uh, decided to do it with us this year, so shout out to Sam. So we're just going to introduce you guys to our rules and how it works. Uh, and then every week from here on out, we're going to give you our picks who we're riding with that week, give you updated standings, and of course, review the previous week as well. Uh, so this week, the Farmers Insurance Open is taking place at Forty Pines. Uh, the first two rounds are split between the North and South Course, and then the final two rounds will be at only the South Course. Um, great action on day one. We had a hole-in-one. Uh, a lot of really good groups are together this week. Uh, you have Ram, um Thomas, and Fee now together. Uh, you had Zalatoris, uh Scheffler, and uh, Homa in another group. Uh, so a lot of very interesting groups, a lot of great action. Um, and so without further ado, let's go ahead and just get into our rules. Uh, this is our Jack Wagon Sports Fantasy Golf Rules for 2023. Uh, abbreviated version. Obviously, we had a much longer version uh, that we had to explain the Nick four times. Uh, <laughs> but what, what you got to do, uh, we will pick six golfers every week. Five of those will be starters. One of those will get benched. Uh, The bench needs to be set by the start of the third round. Uh, So this week will be on Friday. Uh, You can only use the same golfer as a starter seven times. So when we get, you know, like time for the open and stuff, you're going to see bottom tier guys, guys you've never heard of in your life. That's just kind of, you know, kind of how it has to roll with uh, our our strategy here. But last year, Nick also picked the, the same guys every other week and was winning. Uh, so we got tired of that. We had to change. it. cleaned goals. up.
1: Yeah, you had the yeah. same option to pick. Yeah, yeah, we guys. did. No, no, he no we up. did not
0: <laughs> because yeah, because oh, when yeah, I was yeah, winning, yeah. I was picking
1: last. So yeah,
0: but then we would pick the guys you always won with. And that would be the week that they sucked. Um, yeah. Well, hey, uh, You know, you also just did the same track. Know. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, moving on. So the way our points works, if you pick the winner, you get 25 points. Uh, if your player gets a top three, you get 15 top five, you get 10. Uh, if you pick a top 10 placer, uh, you get eight points. Top 25, you get five points. If they make the cut, you get one point. If they miss the cut, you get zero. Uh, so without further ado, um, I'm going to fix this here. And then, uh, Slade, who are you taking with your picks this week and why?
2: Yeah, so I'm trying to start out the year kind of uh, kind of light. I don't want to use up all my big picks early. I think that they're going to kind of turn it on mid season, and then some of them right at the end of the season. Um I started off with uh yeah I'll go off of your list. Jason Day. Um he had a good day here to start. Uh I definitely didn't think he was gonna be at minus four. That's what he ended up at today, which puts him at tied for nineteenth. Um Luke list last year's winner, started the day out five under, tied for twelfth, I think. Yeah. Um, which was was a good start for him because a lot of times Someone that's not like a John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, someone like that that's competing at the tournament they won the year before. A lot of times they have a hard time even making the cut. I mean, it was a one-off type thing a lot of times, but he had a good start to today. Um, then I have Sahith Thegala, who is my best performing golfer right now at six under, tied for fifth. Um, he. A little bit of an outlier. I kind of picked him just based on his face. He has a nice unibrow on his uh, PGA profile picture, so that's why I went with him. Uh, Davis Thompson, I'm not quite sure if he's the one that took second last week or if he just has the same last name. Uh, There was two people with Thompson, I fear it was a 50-50 shot. Uh, I went with him. He did not have a great start to the day, but he ended decent. He's one under at uh, tied for 71st. And then I went with Xander Shoffley. I think that we all went with Xander in this, uh, which he had an okay day. He went even, but he's one of our lower performing, I'm assuming, for all of us. And then uh, had to go with – oh, really?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it
2: Yeah, he's not my lowest, but he's there. And then (laughs) – Ricky Fowler, who nobody else would have picked. I don't think anyone will pick him the entire season, but he is going to be my bench player for a lot of the season because he's going to have to turn on here at some point. He's going to start the week, go into the weekend, eight under, and he's going to turn it on, and so I'm going to be there to swipe up those points.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. I would love to see that. Uh, Nick, let's go ahead and let's get into your picks.
1: Yeah, so uh, I don't have him in the same order here. Uh, actually, it's probably pretty close. Uh, so first, I got John Rahm. Again, the – we're doing this show Wednesday night. I wrote these notes Tuesday night. So, some of them, especially this one is going to sound stupid. Uh but Rom has been on a heater lately. Uh and so I'm trying to get while the getting's good. Um he currently is my lowest rated player right now. Uh he's tied for like I don't know 119 or something stupid like that. Uh my second lowest player is Xander Shoffley. Uh, he is great at Tory Pines. He has two top 10s. He had two top 10s there last year. Um he tied for third last week and just overall has a great chance to win. Again, I wrote these notes early. Um, I have Colin Morikawa. Uh, we talked about his showing at the Sentry uh, before collapsing on that Sunday. Uh, he did not have a bogey in that weekend until the 14th hole on Sunday, so a good weekend other than the collapse there. Um, I think he has a good chance this weekend. He's playing great so far, or playing good so far. Uh, I, have, I also have Jason Day. He's the only multi-time champion currently in the field uh, for the farmer's insurance open. I have Adam Hadwin. Uh, he was kind of my quiet sleeper pick again, you know, we got to spread these picks out. So you got to find some sleeper picks somewhere. Um, he is six for six on the season and half of those are top 20 finishes. Uh, he also has a very good history at Torrey Pines. And last I have Taylor Montgomery. He is nine for nine, eight of those being top 15 so far this season. Uh, I think that's all that needs to be said. He's playing some great golf right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Really, you and I are going to have a lot of similar picks. John Rahm, again, he's been playing so well here. Uh, back-to-back wins in his two last two starts. Uh, today was the first time and I believe, like over 200 days uh, that he had a bogey in his – or finished above par in his round. Um, so, again, I think he'll be fine going forward. Uh, he gets a break tomorrow with the difficult weather coming in. He's going to be on the north course. He's going to be sheltered from that wind a little bit. And we saw today how easy that, that course is playing. It's not going to be easy at all tomorrow, but it's definitely going to be a little bit easier than, than the South course. Um, If he can make the cut this weekend and get in, I, I think he's fine. He won the U.S. And Open just, here. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead.
1: Finish your thought real quick. Well, I was just going to say just to uh, touch on that a little bit. Anybody that played the South course, we talked about the South Side, especially like you look at Sung J M. I I believe he's sitting at minus four and played the South course today. Anybody that shot – better than minus three playing the South course today is going to be in a really good position to make a run into the weekend. I just w- I wanted to say that while I was talking and forgot.
0: Yeah, no. Um. But yeah, I, I think going into the weekend, as long as he makes the cut, he'll be 100% fine and, and good to go. Uh, again, he's won the U S open here. He's won this event before uh, he's got engaged here. He loves this course. This is his course. He just had a rough day out there. Uh, and you know we, I was Send watching your profile. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the, the, the golf network here uh, when, when the round was over uh, and a lot of people were talking it, it, nobody I think took into consideration the fact that he just won last week, turned around and had to start playing another tournament in three days. Um, you know, I understand it wasn't the biggest event. It wasn't like a major or anything like that, but still, there's a lot that goes into winning these. And then you got to turn around and you have a short turnaround to, to get yourself ready for the next tournament. It's going to take a little bit of, you know, of time for your body to adjust to everything. Um, my next pick, I went with Xander Schauffele as well. My biggest thing is with that eagle or the albatross he had uh, on, in the final round, the charge he made up through the field, uh, he came back from his back injury. He was at that Century Tournament of Champions, had to withdraw after the first round. He was only swinging the club at 80%. Uh, when he came back at the American Express last weekend, a lot of people were like, oh, is he going to be ready yet? Or is he you know, kind of going to nurse himself back in? Uh, and that, like I said, as we saw on Sunday, he, he's ready to play. Um so, again, kind of a player with a hot hand right now. Uh, not showing in the scoreboard, but, you know, shooting even par. Um, he did play the north course, so the easier course. But still, I think he'll be fine uh, as long as he can, you know, salvage a little bit tomorrow on the south course in the difficult weather. Um, next, I went with Colin Morikawa. Again, same same kind of thing. Um, let's see here. Uh, in his four starts so far this season, he has one second, uh, one top 10, and two top 25s. At the end of the day, he's still a top 10 player in the World Golf Rankings. He's still good. Uh, we saw today he struggled with his putting again. Um, tomorrow, again, is going to be difficult, but I think he's fine. Uh, I, I think we have not seen the best yet of Kyle the this season. Uh, Taylor Montgomery, I picked because I needed somebody uh, because Scotty Scheffler said he was going to play in the tournament, and then he decided not to. <laughs> um, but I think it was Montgomery. Uh, a lot of the experts were picking him as well. Uh, ninth starts this year. He has five top 25s, four top 10s, and one third-place finish. Uh, so a, a young guy on the tour that is really starting to make some waves. Um, next up, I went with Jason Day as well. Uh, again, somebody that we have seen at the peak of this sport, and then he fell off the map the last couple of years. Uh, I, I, he has played really well to start uh, the season so far. In seven starts, he has five top 25s and one top 10. Um, and I don't think he's going to get back to the point where he's challenging for majors. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But I I think he's going to be a good consistent golfer here this season. And uh, last up we had Max Homa for my picks again, somebody had to put in last minute, but uh, I'm a huge homosexual. I love Max Homa. I think he's a great golfer. Uh, He he, he had his first son and he's been playing really well ever since he won the Fortnite championship. Um, I think that's not how you say it, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. I don't really care important like uh, that, but you know what? Yeah, man. I think so. I was so
1: confused the first two. I was like, "Is this man's
0: side career playing video games?" Yeah. No. Um. In four starts this year, he has one win, one third place, uh, top three finish, uh, and two top ten finishes. So again, um, I think we're we're in for a, a Max Homa huge year. Uh, I ha- I said earlier in my my predictions. I think he's going to be competing at majors this year. Uh, I'm I'm excited for the youth revolution. Uh so to say, inside of the PGA, I think, is going to happen this year. Um, So that will do it for our PGA wrap-up this week. We're going to move on. Our final topic, we have a top five for you guys this week. Uh, Top five coaches in the NFL with the most punchable faces. This came about Saturday watching the game. I'll I'll go over my top five first here. Um, This has nothing to do – some of them it kind of does – nothing to do with their coaching style, per se. Uh, I I think a lot of these guys are really good coaches – um, my number one, uh, again, nothing against him as, as a coach, uh, nothing against his personality that you see on TV. Um, I'll, I'll explain it here in a minute. Number five, I put Kyle Shanahan. Um, just, I think he looks doofy, uh, but really dumb. Honestly, if you showed me his picture, I would say he's autistic. Um, but I just, I, I can't stand his face. Um, but again, a great coach. It has nothing to do with his coaching. Um, I mean, we've seen how good he is with the 49ers, uh, other than the fact he's the reason they blew 28 to 3, the Falcons. Um, I think Tyler Shahan is a great coach. Uh, number four, Mike McDaniels. Um, is that his name, Mike McDaniels? For the there's Raiders? Mike and
1: there's
2: Josh. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Josh, yeah. Which ones is the Raiders? No, Mike, Mike McDaniels
2: is the Dolphins. Josh McDaniels. Josh, Josh is McDaniels, you're right. I'm
0: sorry. Josh McDaniels uh, of the Raiders. Uh, again, just looks like a doofus. I don't think he's a good coach either. Um, number three Mike McCarthy just the, the three chins I can't stand uh, and he sucks at coaching too. Uh, number two, Matt LaFleur, overrated as a coach again, whenever you see whenever they pan to his face, especially Sunday Night football does like the worst times, it looks like he's about to shit himself uh, and I can't I can't stand the way he looks. Uh, number one on my list is Nick Sirianni, Again, I think he's a wonderful coach. He has done amazing things with the Eagles this year. Uh, and it's, it's nothing to do with his personality. A lot of people don't like, you know, the way he acts, you know, the way he talks to the camera and stuff. I don't have an issue with it. His face, I just cannot stand his face. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, who wants to go next?
1: I'll go. So, uh, at number five, I have Andy Reid. Um, I, I get it. Andy Reid's a great guy. He's a nice guy. He loves cheeseburgers, whatever. Um, I Looks think like it's, mustache. Yeah I think, like it's walrus, mustache. yeah, I think it's mustache to be honest, which would definitely fall in the Walrus line. Yeah uh number four i have cliff kingsbury um mm. part of that has to do with his coaching uh because he's a fucking moron uh but his face definitely like is just one of those like you see him in a club you i didn't even think about in. that because
0: he got fired but yeah yeah, yeah that, uh, see i
1: was debating putting him on here because i was going to try to stick with active but i was like you know he just got fired so i'm putting yeah, him no,
0: that's okay yeah i like it i like
1: it uh number my number three spot i have kevin stefanski uh Ooh. i feel like he kind of looks like Cliff Kingsbury um so that you know that kind of Eagles itself out there but uh I, I just I don't know I don't like the way he looks mm-hmm. um at number 2 I have John Harbaugh I'll be upfront I'm not a fan of the way either Harbaugh brother looks um but uh you know only one of them is here in the NFL to talk about so I'm going with John Harbaugh here um I don't know I've always had a thing for John Harbaugh I used to be friends with somebody that was a big uh, Ravens fan and I I guess I just had to see him more often than some other coaches so I don't know just not a big fan of his face. And then number one, I put Mike McCarthy. I tweeted out here Uh the triple chins thing. They definitely like they make me want to speed bag. Yeah, um, not that I've ever done that before, but I could definitely try it out on Mike McCarthy's face. And I'm just it's tired a good of place to learn him. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, and, and uh, you know, not only the way he looks, but as a coach, like I find it fitting that he struggled. Uh Now I believe he he won a Super Bowl with uh Green Bay, right? He did end Somehow, up one yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, like. He was good at taking the team as far as it could go, and then failing. So it's just fitting that he ended up in Dallas. I hope he stays. I, I enjoy seeing it. He can stay there as long as he wants. Um, but yeah, definitely a punchable face.
0: All right, Slade, Let's hear your top five. So,
2: quick question, Nick. Who, who did you say? What did you say his name is? Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. So George, Kevin Stefanski, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Lafleur, and uh, Kyle Shanahan. Who looks like they have more options? All- <laughs> I think Shanahan. I really do like they and, all kind of have similar traits and it's just like, like facial characters. Yeah, yeah, they no, it's just for, for me
0: and, and maybe it's just the fact that I've seen Shanahan more uh like he's he's been a more prominent face even mm-hmm. when he was on the Falcons like nobody on the Falcons cared about the head coach it was literally all about Kyle Shanahan uh and the 49ers have been so good since he got there again you just see his face all the time but it, for me it's just a look like when they panned him on the sideline he's yeah, yeah, I, I never took notice I, to I it, think he's like now, now that I look on, at it,
1: like, like hold on, here, hold on,
2: let me, let me get this. No, that's not even a uh, a new picture of him. He has a scruff now.
1: Yeah, but like, on his ears, like, he yeah. just, I don't know.
0: Like, every time I, I, they I, hand him on the sideline, it looks like he would rather be eating crayons than, than coaching football. And yeah, so that's, joke, that joke,
2: Jokes aside, I do think it's pretty crazy that him, Mike McDaniels, Matt LaFleur, they were all on, like. Who Was the Cleveland Browns or something like that? Like yeah. they were all part of the offensive staff there. Um, at I the same how many time, of them
1: came from Washington?
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> um,
1: Shanahan, Sean McVay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is cool. it, is <laughs> it is. But uh, uh starting out, number mine are a lot the same as yours. Uh, number five, Mike McCarthy. Don't like him at all. I think that the fact that he went to uh, Dallas, he's one of the problem childs, which means that Jerry Jones will make him part of his actual family. So him, Dak, and Ezekiel Elliott will have a lifetime contract to the <laughs> Loserville. Um, number four, Mike McDaniel's. I mean, I think that the fact that he wears his his like khaki uh, length uh, sweatpants, smoking his vape. Uh, the greatest I comparison
0: love. i've ever heard of mike mcdaniel's is the joke that he looks like his dad runs a team who left for the weekend and, and left him in charge and that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like yeah and i like i've never heard a more accurate representation when somebody said yeah. that i was like holy that's shit, like, that's that's right just the way he like yeah. carries himself around and stuff it's like
1: yeah
0: like sometimes i hate him but sometimes i'm like yeah like you're, you're kind of cool but i'm like i think that for 2023 like hard.
1: Yeah, I I think that he's on the right track. Like for his style of coaching, I just think that he's a tad over, like you got to know when to be serious. Like you're yeah. getting paid millions of dollars to do what you do.
0: But, yeah. v- vaping on the sideline in the middle of a playoff game, a really close game, probably not. Yeah, but life. I can't hate
1: that because I know Dave, Like I've been that guy, like going to the
2: bathroom to like. So I get it. I get it. You I know, agree. you know damn well he he was he was smoking those outlawed flavor ones too. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, anyway. he's got connections. Number three, Doug Peterson. I don't like him. He looks like the blonde haired dude from uh Dumb and Dumber to me. I just think it's Harry. Is that his name? No. No, no, no. Louis, Yeah, yeah. So but uh yeah. Number two, Andy Reed. Andy Reed also would be number two on my list of all time. Who do you want to get a burger with? So yeah. I mean it depends yeah, on what. Great stars. guy. Great yeah.
0: guy. And then number like, I'm not one. I'm not afraid to admit I have a punchable face, but I feel like you guys <laughs> like if we were just hanging out, like you're fine with that. But at the yeah, same yeah, time, yeah, we, like if you looked at me, you're like, I, I could punch you in the face. I'm like, yeah, that's understandable. That's fair. There's plenty times I looked at Nick, like I could do that, but
2: we're yeah. boys. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're boys. <laughs> uh, number one, I went with the same as George's Nick Ceriani. Uh I think that ever since you brought that up last week, I have not been able to get his his face out of my head. He's been having and, uh, Yeah, him. so I had to watch the way I said that. So yeah, yeah. I
0: just don't. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it's but, and again, rough. it
0: is like. I think the tipping point for me was, I think it was after the touchdown, he got in the camera and was, like, shaking his head. And just, like, the way cool. he, like, had
2: his – It was cool. But yeah. Yeah. And, again,
0: I'm not hating that he does that. That's cool to have that energy about yeah. your team. It's just, in that moment, I looked at him and was like, I could – Punch you in the face and not feel anything, like, and just yeah, be perfectly yeah. fine with my life. And I'd probably feel a little bit better, but
2: yeah, that, that was pretty cool, though. He went up and did like the hip bump with whoever got the touchdown reception, and then yeah. he just yeah. did that in the camera. Like,
0: yeah, again, super cool coach. Look, I, I love, I would love to play for him, just Jesus. want to punch this him in the turned,
2: face. This turned yep. out in from us like talking crap on people, us being like, you know, this person's really, I would love to have, yeah, they're actually him. really <laughs> great
0: people, but I think, well, one, people. I think the only one, I think the only one I so my top five. I wouldn't feel bad about punching McCarthy. My my bottom three, actually my my whole, my whole bottom four. I wouldn't feel bad about punching him in the face. I'd be like, yeah, I did. I did a good thing. Sirianni, be like, I'm sorry, man, but like I had to. Shanahan, I would I would be on the fence. Just depends on what what he does that makes me punch him, but. That's my top five. Uh, That's everybody's top five. Thanks, everybody, for for hanging out with us this week. Uh, As always, please don't forget, head over to W.GG. Use code JACKWAGON for 10% off your order. It would help us out. We have merch on the way. Uh, We'll be debuting that next week. Show that off to you guys, and then merch store will go live. We are excited for that. So make sure you guys come back next week to check all that stuff out. Uh, Thank you for checking out this episode. We really appreciate it. If you missed past episodes, go back and check those out as well. We will see you guys next week. Have a great week. Uh, I think we have NASCAR to talk about next week as well. So that, that'll be fun. Uh, but enjoy you guys' this weekend. Yep, see you guys.